Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Browns. Each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. So the leaves are falling off the trees, and at least in northeastern Pennsylvania, we usually see our first snowflakes in the next couple weeks. That got us thinking about what's going on outside in relation to how organisms are adapting to the coming winter months. So today we're talking about hibernation. So here's the question, what is hibernation, Courtney? The term hibernation is commonly applied to all types of winter dormancy in vertebrate animals. Thus defined, hibernators include many fish, amphibians, and reptiles that overwinter with body temperatures near freezing, as well as bears and a few other mammals that spend most of the winter sleeping in dens. The latter, however, do not undergo much lowering of body temperature and are rather easily awakened. They are not considered true hibernators. The true hibernator spends most of the winter in a state close to death. In fact, the animal may appear to be dead. The body temperature is close to 0 degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. The respiration is only a few breaths per minute and the heartbeat is so slow and gradual as to be barely perceptible. Exposed to moderate warmth, the animal slowly awakens, requiring an hour or more to reach an alert state. And so hibernation is not necessarily a response to cold weather. Just like bird migration, hibernation is actually triggered by low resource availability. It's an adaptive response to summer's food supply running low. Once foraging or searching for food costs the bears more energy than what's available in the landscape, bears' bodies make the decision for them. In one sense, animals that go into deep sleep or hibernation period see winter as a time of famine. The scarcity of food during that time of year has forced certain species to evaluate its chance of survival. These species either store food and wake up throughout the winter to feed on their stockpiles or use fat storage. As animals begin denning in either an excavated hollow or something that resembles a nest, metabolism drops dramatically and their heart rate and body temperature lowers slightly. The physical hallmarks of hibernation. So what animals in the Northeast are getting ready to hibernate? Of all the animals that you thought hibernated, believe it or not, only three animals in the Northeast are true hibernators. The woodchuck, the jumping mouse, and the bat. So let's talk about the jumping mouse for a minute. During hibernation, the jumping mouse, which Pennsylvania has both the woodland and meadow jumping mouse, they lose 35% of their body weight and their body temperature drops dramatically. Then there's the woodchuck, which we mentioned, uh, which while hibernating, their heart rate decreases from 105 beats per minute to about five beats per minute, which is crazy. And their body temperature drops from roughly 104 degrees Fahrenheit to about 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Then there's bats, which to conserve energy, bats lower their heart rate from 210 beats a minute all the way down to eight beats per minute and their body temperature falls from approximately 100 degrees Fahrenheit down to around 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Though true hibernators, bats may awake periodically throughout the winter to seek warmer roost within the cave. Well, we're gonna approach a different subject uh, that has to do with hibernation 
and we want to talk about torpor for a minute. So what is torpor? While we think many animals in this area hibernate, we're wrong. Some animals actually experience something called torpor. Like hibernation, torpor is a survival tactic used by animals to survive the winter months. It also involves a lower body temperature, breathing rate, heart rate, and metabolic rate. But unlike hibernation, torpor appears to be an involuntary state that an animal enters into as the conditions dictate. In Pennsylvania, skunks, chipmunks, squirrels, raccoons, and bears are among the animals that go into torpor. Animals go through torpor to save energy. When they slow down their metabolic process, they don't need to hunt for food. If you wake them or rouse them out of that sleep state, they'll be forced to go out into the cold to search for sustenance and that puts them in danger. Bears plan out their fat reserves before they go to sleep for the cold winter months. In our general region, the timing of black bear's torpor correlates with the abundance of acorns produced in that same year. Even when food supplies start running low, male and female black bears will begin sleeping at different times. Pregnant females start denning first, then your solitary females or the ones who have yearling cubs and lastly, the males would go into a state of torpor. The reasoning makes perfect sense. Pregnant females have the highest energetic demands. When resources become scarce, a drop in energy use is just what nature ordered. A female with yearling cubs will have high energetic needs. Males, on the other hand, are solitary and don't have the extra demands of cub rearing. It follows then that the first to awaken in the spring are the males, followed by females with cubs, and last females with brand new January cubs. So we've covered bears, woodchucks, bats, and jumping mice. How about amphibians? They hibernate? Amphibians do hibernate. Different amphibian species can hibernate in different ways. So when cold weather comes, many kinds of frogs swim to the bottom of ponds and lakes, where they rest on the bottom or partially burrow into the mud. Frogs have lungs and breathe air through nostrils, so why don't they drown when they stay on a lake's bottom all winter? Well, it's because their highly specialized skin allows them to absorb oxygen through their skin, and they give off carbon dioxide in the same way. Amphibians overwintering in the bottom of ponds must be deep enough that they will not be frozen into solid ice, plus the water must have an adequate amount of oxygen. Sometimes the oxygen level at the bottom of ponds drops so low that winter kills of frogs result. Amphibian bodies, when they hibernate, do continue to burn energy, but their metabolic rates, the rates at which they burn energy, slow down drastically. Many species can survive underwater for months, with their bodies burning fat stored very slowly. Sometimes during the winter, after a few unusually warm days, Hibernating amphibians will become active and you may even hear frogs croaking. Sometimes the aquatic salamander, called a mud puppy, moves about beneath the ice and ice fishermen sometimes catch them. So what about amphibians on land? Well, sometimes amphibians such as toads hibernate on land, digging below the frost line to avoid freezing. Toads, where winters are especially hard, may dig down three feet or more, believe it or not. Certain salamanders may also hibernate deep below ground surface, but they can't dig the way that toads can, so they must search for their abandoned burrows or other natural holes. Some frogs in the far north can actually freeze solid, believe it or not, 
When cold weather approaches, they just burrow under the forest floor leaves and debris. And when freezing weather comes, much of the water in their body goes out, actually more than half. Its veins fill with antifreeze-like mixture of sugar and sugar alcohols. And then the somewhat dried out frog simply freezes. While it's frozen, ice forms around the frog's organs. However, the frog's individual cells remain unfrozen and intact. So in the midst of our research, we also found out that there's a process called estivation. So let's get into that for a minute. Hot, dry weather also can be stressful for amphibians, and often during such times, they may go dormant. However, now instead of being called hibernation, it's called estivation. The word estivation is derived from the Latin estus, which means summer, same as the term hibernation is derived from the Latin hiberna, which means winter. When some amphibians estivate, they move underground where it is cooler and more humid. During estivation, an amphibian's breathing, heart rate, and metabolic processes, such as digestion, all dramatically slow down. This decreases the organism's need for water. Some frogs and salamanders form a mucousy cocoon around themselves to prevent water loss through their skin. When rains return, estivating organisms become active again, and they break out of their dormancy or end their estivation. So we've talked about mammals and amphibians. What about plants? Do plants hibernate? Well, not quite. Plants are deeply affected by temperature and sunlight, which serves the signal that the winter is coming. Plant growth slows as day length shortens, thus commencing the dormancy process. Longer periods of darkness and chilly weather around this time clearly communicate to plants and trees that winter's coming. Because the enzymes driving biochemical reactions don't function well in winter, dipping temperatures and the lack of sunlight slows the plant's metabolism. Photosynthesis and respirations decelerate and growth halts. This process is called dormancy rather than hibernation. So we talked about several different organisms today, um, but there's definitely other animals that have winter adaptations, right? While they don't hibernate, chipmunks, voles, flying squirrels, deer, beavers, and muskrats all have unique adaptations. One mammal still in the process of adapting to the cold is the possum. Once absent from Pennsylvania's northern tier, this marsupial now lives statewide perhaps in response to gradually milder winters. Its naked, frostbitten ears and often ice-abbreviated tail are testament that it is not quite prepared for winter's cold snaps. Not sure whether I'm ready for winter cold snaps either. I think this has been an interesting discussion about hibernation and uh, estivation. I certainly learned a lot. Yeah, me too. There's definitely some interesting information. All right, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. 
And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.